0: Maya Hoover. So today is actually going to be a little bit different of an episode. I'm still going to continue with the 12 stories moving forward next week, but I'm taking a pause here and, you know, sharing something, I would say, personal and something that I've been thinking about. Talking about because obviously you guys know in this space I a couple of years ago spoke out publicly if you've been following for that amount of time and it was a pretty big shock finding out that I was in an abusive relationship but also because I was on staff in that nonprofit organization Why Women in Honolulu, Hawaii and so many people knew him. It was a big shock for a lot of people and honestly was a really big shock to me the way that essentially, like, it just got the ball rolling and so many women reached out. It obviously transitioned into a podcast and content creation and TikTok and, like, All these things that I would have never anticipated, uh, considering for literal years I had told absolutely no one about anything that I was going through. And here we are now, you know, three years later, and I'm hosting a domestic violence podcast, which is pretty crazy. All that being said, I've made my life pretty public in this space, and I've done that on purpose because frankly I think that having to be silenced for so many years was absolutely exhausting and being in the church and being on staff and being married to a Christian man who was a missionary and respected within the church while at the time I didn't realize it now looking back and having unraveled and you know pieced together a lot of my experience I recognized how much harm that what I was being taught did to me and I never want to be silenced like that again and so I've really found that in cultivating a space where there is vulnerability it paves the way for bravery and I feel primarily called to do that so I've made a lot of my life public here um as most of you know, I was in a relationship about a, for about a year and we broke up like a little bit ago and you know, it's tough because like I openly shared my story because I genuinely felt like it was a story of redemption and i tread lightly in this particular episode because i want to preface that in no way do i ever share things to smear someone's name however i have created a platform for women to feel as if it is okay to crumble and to not be ashamed and to be able to walk in that bravery to Be vulnerable and transparent for others because I really think that's the only way that we're going to learn is if we tap into what others have experienced, and those who've walked before us can educate us and, you know, give us wisdom. And so, my experience is something that after we broke up, I felt a lot of shame for, to be quite honest. And I felt embarrassed because I had promoted this relationship so publicly as this redemptive story and there were so many of you who were looking up to us and hoping that that was also out there for them and then when it all came crashing down so suddenly it really did something to me and at first, I thought that it did something to me in a negative way,
1: but I've realized over the last months that it is actually completely taken down these
0: like barricades that have been around me from the church and from religious men that have honestly squashed me. And A lot of people have recognized a difference in the way I communicate in what I share online and how I am advocating. And
1: I think it rubs some Christians the wrong way because they're like seeing as injustice should be something that's dealt with behind
0: closed doors but i disagree i think that injustice sometimes needs to be talked about and i think it's ridiculous that as women we feel embarrassed to talk about the things that have happened to us like we feel shame talking about someone else's actions and then are forced to sit with those actions that somebody else acted acted upon and deal with the trauma and just manage the PTSD or navigate the distrust that we feel with others or our own intuition and what we're supposed to be silent for the sake of kindness I think there's a difference between you know not publicly smearing someone's name versus Saying, hey, this is my story. This is what happened to me. It's not okay. There's no accountability being had. And this is what I've learned from this experience. And I hope that others take what I'm saying and it applies to their own lives because then it's not in vain. I didn't just go through this for nothing. And that's like the basis for literally the entire podcast. And So I think that's really powerful and I kind of wanted to preface with that before I get started. I'm going to be talking about my ex-boyfriend for those who haven't already caught on to this and I'm going to do this for a couple of reasons. The first reason is that I feel like when you go through an abusive relationship, you think that that's a one and done and I've felt disqualified in what I've experienced more recently because I felt as if I only get one chance to have an abusive relationship. My last relationship was not abusive. I would say that it was toxic and unhealthy. And I do think there was a bit of emotional abuse at play, but I was safe and never in danger. And when it all came crashing down, it was extremely difficult to communicate about my story with others because I placed this pressure on myself that I'm a podcast host and I advocate for women and I write for you guys in the, in the spaces on Instagram or TikTok. And then here I am in the same situation that I'm telling other women to not step into. And that caused me to want to be silent and to retract and to feel really small until I had people in my corner, you know, who love me, who were like, This is really important to talk about, and helped me see that there are so many of us who are walking through life after an abusive relationship. And we continue in this pattern of dating certain types of guys or ending up in these particular relationships that cause us to feel as if it's just a continual cycle that we can't break. And I want to talk about that. I want to tap into that. The second thing is where I'm at today and what I've experienced has genuinely made me like the woman that I am today. And it literally lit a fire under my ass. And I think so many of you guys are like, Wow, Maya, like, did you just say fuck in your post? And yeah, I did. I quite honestly wasn't allowed to say shit in my last relationship and was shamed if I, God forbid, said fuck. And it feels freeing to be
1: able to not have somebody who's hanging over me. And recognizing that like while I desire love,
0: I love myself more. While I desire a family, I can recognize that I would rather have just me and my child than an individual who
1: in the long run isn't going to be somebody who is a team player who
0: I can walk alongside in life through everything that, like, I'm currently going through.
1: And I've learned how to listen to my body. And for
0: those who are listening, you may be like, what do you mean listen to your body when you're hungry or when you're tired? No. Uh, You can learn how to listen to your body and your body's speaking and and indicating whether it feels anxious or an unrest where there's red flags maybe or it's just not aligned with you and because we have maybe become absent in that and we don't recognize that we end up in situations where we're having a really difficult time assessing whether or not a relationship is for us because we haven't learned how to listen to our bodies and I know so many so many women are like, well, I just don't know if I can trust myself or my intuition. And I've been there and sometimes I still am there, but I would say that I've really grown in this area over the last year, particularly the last couple of months. And your intuition is is tied into your body and When we learn what we value and tap into how we're feeling and then we honor that, our body will feel safer and safer to be able to release whatever it's feeling and we can identify like, okay, this is not right for me or I don't like the way that this is going down. I'm going to remove myself from this situation and honor myself. And so I think there's a lot of important things that will be revealed in this episode But also, I think there's a lot of things that need to be talked about and I was hesitant to do this episode, but I do feel like it's the right thing right now in this space. And so I hope that you guys uh, can find something in this and, you know, maybe you'll resonate or maybe you're there now or just got out of something like this and we can just kind of navigate it alongside of each other. Um, so I'll go ahead and just kind of get started. So for those who don't know, I was in a relationship for the last year um, with a youth pastor that lived in um, Alabama, and we met online uh, on Instagram. He had uh, DM'd me, and initially I wasn't interested, and we kind of became like online friends, and then something had piqued my interest. We ended up having a phone call I had called him, we had a conversation, it went well, and in the beginning, things were great. I mean, like, he was super funny, and on paper, things looked really put together. Um, You know, he's, like I said, a youth pastor, he obviously is a Christian, and seemed to have a good community, came from a good family, and just seemed very, like, well-rounded, And when he came and visited me, I remember just feeling initially off, and I couldn't really put my finger on it, but there was just a hesitancy. And I think this is really important to note here that when I talk about listening to our bodies, hesitancy is totally interwoven in that. Because at the time, I didn't know how to listen to my body or my intuition. And so I kept previously, you know, entertaining or almost attracting these like emotionally unavailable dudes. And so then when there was this person who seemed emotionally available and put together and who loved God... To me, it was like I couldn't trust the hesitancy in my spirit because on paper it looked good and it looked like something that I should try. And when I say try, I just mean that like you have an option to entertain somebody and to, you know, invest in somebody. And while I was having hesitancy, I wasn't sure if it was because, you know, when you're in the midst of familiarity, so if you come from like an abusive family dynamic or even just like toxic relationships that you've experienced, chaos can feel familiar and chaos can feel comfortable. And so I wasn't sure if the chaos just was what was familiar. So now that there wasn't chaos, I felt like this itch or this hum to find something wrong, or if it was genuinely that there was a hesitancy because this wasn't the right person. And so I just really took it in prayer and and took it to people I trusted and had kind of made that decision that I would just continue to see it through. And on that first visit, the very end, I remember he had said to me that, you know, he, he was just really invested and really all in and really emotionally available, almost to an extreme, I would say. And I think that that just ties into like the Christian culture in general. Like, I think people who are in Christian culture
1: move really fast. And I think that's really dangerous. I think that
0: time and steady, slow evolving is really important. And this is actually like, we'll tie into the next piece. So, we ended up. I prayed about it a little bit. We ended up continuing to see each other and then the second trip, he had asked me to be his girlfriend. And I had visited him in Alabama and I just remember being around like all of his community and everybody vouching for him and vouching for his character and who he was. And as an abuse survivor, that's what you look for. Is you want people to speak highly. Even if you're not an abuse survivor, you want people to speak highly of the person that you're like thinking about dating. And so having people who were vouching for him and speaking highly of him was a huge green flag for me because that's what I needed. Because also, again, I couldn't trust my own intuition and so I needed other people to validify these experiences for me. And I mean, in the beginning, everything seemed great. And I remember coming home from that trip thinking like this could be my person, you know? He he has a lot of the characteristics and qualities that I, at the time... You know, thought I was looking for and of what I knew of him from the very beginning which as we all know we put our best foot forward and I think it's really dangerous to think anything other than I don't know who you are and I will get to know you and you can be the hottest thing on the planet but I do not know you (laughs) and so I'm going to tread very lightly and slowly and in Christian culture that's just not the case and that's something I'm unlearning right now but All of that to say, I came home and I remember calling an older mentor I'd had in the past. And she said, Slow down. If this is the right person for you, he'll still be the same person in a year from now. And I really, really treasured that advice because at the time I was kind of frustrated because I was like, She doesn't get it. Why isn't she so excited for me and so happy that I potentially found my person? And the truth was, is that nobody's really. I've never heard somebody regret saying, "Oh, like we just waited too long to get married and this is the right person for me, but we just waited so long. But I've heard a lot of people say we got married too fast. We jumped into things before we really knew each other and things came crashing down. And so I think her advice is top and super important. And I'm really glad that she gave me that advice because it always kind of stayed in the back of my head. And she said, you know, get to know somebody for all four seasons. See them in all four seasons, and I think that's very pivotal, and I would re- recommend that for anybody who's listening to this um, to get to know somebody for all four seasons and coming from somebody who also has married somebody really fast, my ex-husband and I got married extremely fast, and that was a really unwise decision on our part and the mentors who were advising it. Um, but we continued to get to know each other and As we continued to date, we would have these trips every, like, six weeks, and I started to notice that I was getting these strong emotions when we were together, so, like, something would happen, and I would start to spiral, and I'm, like, you know, you go into fight or flight, I go into flight, that's just, I've always been like that, I just get flighty, and I want to, like, dodge or remove myself from the relationship or the situation, And at the time, probably about three months in, it initially had started because I had uncovered some dishonesty, and when I had discovered this dishonesty about things that weren't being communicated that should be communicated and things that I found just in his own personal life that I didn't align with and couldn't get behind... I had, I had initially broken up with him, and I had made that decision for myself, and I decided to walk away from it, and his, one of his pastors in his church had DM'd me and asked for me to reconsider and kind of just like really talked highly of him and just kind of chalked it up to a mistake, and at the time, again, I didn't trust my own intuition. So somebody here was vouching for him and on top of that, he's somebody in leadership, somebody who's looked up to, he's a pastor, and there's a level of trust as like a Christian that you put into pastors um, because they are held to a high standard. And so I backtracked and we had had this initial conversation where essentially we had kind of some ground rules and we were in a very clear direct communication about what needed to happen moving forward and ultimately rebuilding that trust that had been broken. And as we were like rebuilding that trust, I started having a lot of anxiety and it got so bad that it would be just crippling anxiety. And so I went to see my doctor and He put me on like an anxiety medication and um, I started to notice that a lot of like my therapy sessions started surrounding around my relationship rather than healing from my last um, relationship. And to be totally honest, I was in no place to be dating at that point. Even though I had been two years out, I thought that I was healed enough, but I really wasn't. And those therapy sessions should have been tied to my own personal experience with my ex-husband versus constantly talking about this new relationship that was causing me great anxiety. And at the time, I couldn't tell if it was just anxiety or if it was my intuition, right? And so I would often check in and ask for kind of updates because I was really struggling with fear just about the things that had happened and the misalignment that that was there in certain things in his personal life, and I would you know ask, and I would always be kind of met with the same response of like, "Hey, you know, there's nothing to worry about, and everything is in place, and everything's you know happening the way that it should, everything's running smoothly, whatever like I don't really know how else to explain it, but I trusted that and it took me like months to i think really be able to say i genuinely did trust it and it took it took me asking so frequently that he got really upset and you know he would say things to me like and this is kind of where this is tricky it ties in for me to where i say that there is an aspect of emotional abuse here And I already know that there's people listening to this who know him. And I'm sure you're listening to this and it's rubbing people the wrong way or making people upset
1: that I'm even talking about this. But I'll always stand by the fact that if you don't want people to hear about
0: your actions, then you should act in a way where you wouldn't be embarrassed if somebody was talking about them. And while there's grace and forgiveness, there's also accountability. And there's also just, it's not my responsibility to hold this individual accountable, but I've created a space here to share my story and be transparent about what's in my life and what's happening in my life. And this ties into. emotional abuse and it ties into very toxic tendencies and behaviors and we talk about these types of things day in and day out and I cannot believe that I'm sitting here even talking about this and it took me months to be able to really agree about what was happening in my relationship that I didn't see at the time and the frustration that I had when I pieced it all together and so When I say emotional abuse, I'm saying that, you know, what I initially was met with was not what consistently was carried out throughout our relationship. And I started to notice just behavioral changes. So I think that, you know, as somebody who's a pastor and being in the church, there is a level of just. I would say respect for others and kindness that I personally didn't see, whether it was with waitstaff um, or even just other individuals. I started noticing this pattern of dishonesty. And even though they were small areas of dishonesty, I think that dishonesty is dishonesty. And I'm almost honest to a fault sometimes. Like, I. I get really <laughs> dysregulated if I feel like I'm not honest about something or if even if it's like not intentional and I kind of question like oh should I have said that you know and maybe that's a problem <laughs> but I'd rather be I'd rather be too honest than you know just be dishonest and not feel any sort of conviction for it and so I started to notice little bouts of dishonesty and just behavior that really didn't align with me and like looking back that was on me I should have seen that and known like this is what I value and I didn't really know I think I was still figuring out what I valued to be honest I think when you're treated like shit if like you're treated bare minimum then the guy who treats you like just above bare minimum you're gonna think that's great and what you don't realize is that there's so much more than just like above bare minimum, and I really had to set my values higher than what they were at that time. And I started to notice behavioral changes just in the way that he communicated to me um, a lot of argumentativeness and just condescending behavior and things that were said and communicated to me that really rubbed me the wrong way. And it started happening frequently on each trip that we would be on. And I found myself getting really dysregulated and triggered by the things that were being said. And so I would call my mama mentor, Caroline, and or my friends, and I'd be crying. And I would just be so dysregulated. And they would work with me through that. And I really learned in that time, you know, what does self-soothing look like? What does um, regulating your emotions look like? What is what is what do you do when you're in fight or flight? And I'm really grateful. While this experience was hard, I'm really grateful for the experience because it took me being in a relationship like that where it wasn't necessarily dangerous but it wasn't healthy to navigate dysregulation and. That'll pave the way for a really healthy relationship one day. And also just even for my kid, just passing that on to him as well, teaching him those things. And so while we were dating, I started to notice these behavioral changes in comments that he would say to me. For example, like one time we were driving and we were in Alabama and I saw this really beautiful white house and I said, that house is so beautiful. And It was just, I just thought it was old, but it was just beautiful. And he just looked and he didn't say anything. And I said, that house is so beautiful. And he said, I've seen better houses. And I remember sitting in the car just feeling so small. And I often felt just like so small. And there would be comments like that, that were just really condescending. Like, as you guys know, I have a stroke that I had in 2020. And it caused me not to be able to use my left arm. And I also just have, I think I can be slow sometimes in communicating just because I have like some cognitive um, issues with like my memory. And we were going to a coffee shop and he said, what's your order? I'll go inside. And I said, no, I love this coffee shop. I want to go inside. And he was like, well, when you order things, you order them just kind of complicated and extra and you don't know what you want and it confuses people. And so almost kind of like he was embarrassed of me. And in that moment, I felt that discomfort in my body. I obviously wasn't tuned into my body enough to realize what was happening. And so I remember though, just saying, no, I'm going to go in there. I'm, I want to go in there. And while I was ordering, I was trying to be efficient with my words and not be spacey so that he wouldn't be upset with me and I remember getting my coffee sitting in the car and and telling him you know I don't like that you said that because I don't want to feel like I need to order anything in in a particular way if I don't know what I want or if I'm spacey that's just kind of what it is and you just kind of need to get over that I mean that's not that's not kind and then we had gone to the lake and we were skipping rocks and um for the life of me, like I just can't skip rocks. I'm just absolute shit at it. And I've always been quite athletic, like I played sports in, in high school and then I just played like random like intramural volleyball and stuff in college, but I have always like played sports and been very athletic and then once I had my stroke, that slowed down obviously my athleticism and I've been able to get back into that since, but not having a full use of my left arm um, in particular ways um, and being off balance affects, like, you know, athleticism. And so I was not able to skip the rocks. I've always been shit at skipping rocks either way. But he had made this comment to me and he said, let's hope that our children get my athleticism. And it just was like little con comments that were condescending and it was kind of on this fine line of is this like sarcasm and dry humor or is this him being an ass and I looked at him and I said I'm athletic and I just had a stroke like give me a break you know and he said oh it's convenient that you say that you had a stroke after you're saying you're athletic, but like clearly you had a stroke, like it's convenient, like the convenient timing for you to say that you have a stroke, like as an excuse. And I remember again, just feeling so small and thinking I should be so happy in this moment. Like I'm with this like long distance partner and we haven't seen each other in a month, but I feel so small. And I had asked him to record this video when it was raining of me, um, just like for content creation and it was like a a week later, I was editing the video and I had the volume up and I heard the way that he was speaking to me and the tone that he was speaking to me in. And again, I felt that discomfort in my body and my stomach. And I just turned the volume down. And I remember just thinking, why do I feel like this? Because I'm, I'm like, I have this person here who like is acting in certain ways, but then has this status and so many people backing him up. Is it just my trauma? Is it just me overreacting or projecting my past or is it him and i mean i was really wrestling with it which was obviously causing great anxiety as i mentioned in my body and it was a particular dinner that i was at with some friends and one of my friends we had we had gone to this sushi place and we were talking and my friend let out, you know, oh yeah, you know, a complaint about my relationship. She knew kind of the things that were going on, the comment about the stroke and she's like an OT. Um, so she was really upset about the comment about my arm and about the stroke because she was like, you know, that's fucked up. And my other friend who had gone on a double date with us like a month ago or a a month prior to that with her, uh, fiance, She looked at me and she said, you know, you don't seem happy. And I remember thinking, relationships aren't always happy. Like, I have PTSD. I have trauma. It makes things hard. Kind of placing this on myself. And she said, you know, no, relationships don't need to be this hard. And I remember just internally disagreeing with her. But she said, you know, me and my fiance, we didn't really appreciate the way that he spoke to you at dinner. And I stopped and I remember thinking, do they also hear that condescending tone? And I didn't say anything and she, you know, explained this condescending tone that he spoke to me and that put me down and made me feel small. And that was the first time anybody had ever said something that like aligned with what I was internally feeling and it confirms that I'm not imagining things because when I would say it, it or bring it up, he'd say, I don't know what you're talking about or it's just a joke. That was like the main sentence that was always said is like, it's just a joke. And on previous seasons, I've heard women talk about this before and it used to really trigger me and I would confront him because I'd say, you know, abusive men or men who I would say don't even necessarily need to be quote unquote abusive, but have tendencies or unhealthy behavior. They joke about things and they say inappropriate things or they say disrespectful things. And instead of taking accountability, they just wipe it off as a joke. And sometimes, like, if something's not funny, it's just not funny. Like, if it hurts your feelings, then it hurts your feelings. If that's important to you, it's important. And whenever I would, you know, communicate, it was just always, well, that's just a joke, you know. And so when someone had finally confirmed that to me, that for me was... A very pivotal moment in my relationship and so I really started to kind of backtrack and I'm like okay what am I experiencing and around this time like engagement was really being pushed you know as I've said in the Christian culture it's just like when are you going to get married when are you going to be a wife when are you going to be a mom Um, and that just seems to be the end goal for Christians and it's like so heavily pushed into us and it's just like the constant agenda and so I feel like. I was kind of hesitant for sure because of my past, but also I didn't want to rush into anything and then I was seeing this behavior and it wasn't aligning with like what was being projected towards others. And not being tuned into my body or my intuition made it extremely difficult. I think if I was, I would have walked away from this relationship much sooner But sometimes I do think that relationships like this do happen and they are stepping stones for us to move into something healthy. And I'm not saying stay in something that's dangerous, but sometimes you can be misaligned with somebody and it can be unhealthy and you can actually really learn a lot from that person. It doesn't mean you should stay with that person, but I think there's a lot to take from it and move forward and apply in your future relationship. And I will say that not being fully healed, it was not fair to him. It wouldn't be fair to any partner to not be fully healed and to navigate being flighty and wanting to remove yourself from the relationship or from that situation consistently and being triggered and not knowing how to self regulate. Like I brought that into that relationship, which looking back isn't fair for him. It's not fair for anybody. And I think you know, for those who are listening who wrestle with feeling dysregulated or trusting your intuition, it's really important. And we're going to talk about that here at the end about how to listen to our bodies. But people would say like, you should wait until you're more healed sometimes. And I wouldn't listen to them because I thought I was healed enough. But not only is it like not fair to you to put yourself in a situation when you're not fully healed, but it's actually really selfish for the other person as well. And I was selfish in that way. I think I just, have just desired love and a partner. And so I put myself in a situation and, and ultimately like it crashed and burned and you guys are going to like hear more of what happened. But um, as we continued to date, um, that behavior just kind of seemed like it was increasing. And I had started to see things um, within his community and within himself that just didn't align with the way that I think that pastors and Christians should act, to be honest. Comments being made that I felt were inappropriate. And whenever I would, you know, bring it up, I feel like it was always kind of just brushed aside. the side. And initially, like when we first started dating, there was always this very open communication that, you know, wherever we both felt called to live, we would live. That he'd be willing to move to New Mexico Or maybe I moved to Alabama, and I mean I continued to go to Alabama. There's more things in Alabama to do and see. And then he would, you know, take turns. But then it became this almost like non-negotiable that like I was going to move to Alabama. And I started to really piece together like, do I want to be a youth pastor's wife? Can I see myself in this community in this church? And so I started looking at the lifestyle of the church and the pastors and his friends. And I just honestly didn't see, I saw people who in a community that desired trendiness, but didn't align with accountability. And I think that it's really easy to go and stand up on a stage and preach. It's not easy, but I'm saying anybody can go up there and you can preach a sermon and you can say things, but what your life looks like behind closed doors, your personal relationship and walk with God, getting into your word, reading your Bible, the way that you treat others, your ability to be honest and truthful or kind and to not gossip and talk shit about people. Like all of these things, like these are, I, in my opinion, they're non-negotiables when you're in leadership within a church. I think it's just basic human decency to have these things, not all of these things. I mean, obviously, people are listening who aren't Christians and don't read their Bible. That doesn't mean you're not a basic human. But I'm talking about people in leadership in a church. I looked at my life and I'm like, I can't align with this. Like, I can't get behind a community like this. And so that started to become a point of contention for us because obviously, you know, he wanted me to be a youth pastor's wife and be involved and go to the events and all these things. And I was like, I just don't know if I want to pick up my life and my kid just to get behind this. I, I don't know if I can get behind this. And I feel like in Christian culture with a lot of Christian men and not all, but a lot of them, they do have this mindset of like, can you get behind me? And I think it should be like, can you get beside me? Can we be alongside of each other? And like, that just wasn't my call. It was for him. He felt like that was his call. It wasn't mine. And that's okay. Sometimes you realize that you don't have the same call. Um, so there started to be a lot of just arguments and issues that were happening and they were always interwoven though, between, you know, conversations and deep conversations and always kind of routing back to like, well, he is a youth pastor. He loves the Lord. He wants a family. He All these things, you know? So I was like, I should feel a certain type of way. And then sometimes I would feel that, but then I would always kind of just revert back to this doubt that I had and I couldn't shake this anxiety.
1: And I remember at one point he said to me, if you don't stop asking me
0: about the things I was asking about, you know, that had initially the dishonesty we had when I would ask him these questions to kind of check in or just even try to bring accountability, he would get upset with me and frustrated with me and it would affect like our closeness. And he had said, you know, I don't think that we could be in a relationship if you don't stop asking because you need to learn how to trust me. And really just almost pressed that like, I couldn't trust because of my trauma. And so I got really frustrated with myself and he at that point around that time was saying to me, I don't know if the podcast is good for you. Like, I don't know if you should be doing the podcast because you interview stories and then you get anxious because you feel triggered by something they're saying that you feel like relates to our relationship and you bring that up. So then he was like discouraging the podcast and discouraging me sharing stories. And because I trusted him to an extent and, you know, he was somebody who I loved, I started to really try to be honest with myself and ask myself: Is this podcast something that is benefiting me? Is it filling me? Or why do I feel like I'm showing up to these and I'm feeling empty? Like I feel empty. And I feel like I don't have as much to offer as I should have for you guys. And so ultimately, I was navigating, you know, stopping the podcast and I even did a season, um, a panel for just educational purposes for the podcast instead of doing stories. And that was actually why I stopped doing that. And knowing what I know now and what you guys are about to know, it's actually quite wild and makes me infuriated. It's is in, infuriated a word. It's infuriating to me that this even happened and you'll know why once I finish, but when we, nearing kind of the end, I started to have just like more and more anxiety and triggers and just feeling like an unrest and engagement was like completely taken off the table. Um, there was just in the arguments, a lot of like, you know, he would like raise his voice at me. And I remember at one point saying like, I'm somebody who like in conflict, I, like I said, I'm very flighty. And so I'm not a big yeller and I don't raise my voice at people. I if anything like I need to like take time to think about what I'm going to say before I say it or else I'm probably going to say something I don't fully mean. And so I've learned when I'm upset to just take a moment to myself and reflect before I say something. And you know, he was very much like I'm just going to say what I think. And I'm going to raise my voice at you. And that became something for me where, you know, it was triggering for me because of everything that I had been through. And he would say things like, well, that's just couples, like couples just raise their voice and they yell at or He'd say, I'm not yelling at you. And I'd say, well, you're speaking to me in a, in a disrespectful manner. Like I'm kind of an idiot and you make me feel small, you know? And no matter how many times we had the conversation, that kind of behavior just continued to like happen over and over again and so I was like constantly in between like this person who was exemplifying that he loved God because he was like going to church every Sunday involved in youth ministry and had all these friends who were who were vouching that he's just like the best dude ever and he was I mean like to an extent I mean like we became very close and obviously we're in a relationship for almost over a year and so there was a level of like closeness and it wasn't always bad. And that's what we say every single episode is like, it wasn't always bad. And people say, well, why did you stay that long? It wasn't always bad. And often we couldn't trust our bodies and our intuitions and what it was telling us or what our experiences were. And so we were relying on other people to do it for us. And you hear what you want to hear. So if someone's saying something that you don't want to hear and you're not ready to hear it, you're going to tune it out. I was tuning people out because I didn't want to hear it. And my friends started to get really concerned and, you know, they're like, you're not happy and you're depressed and you're anxious and you're withdrawing. And, you know, my therapist and I just kept working through, okay, like, is it my central nervous system just dysregulated? And, you know, when you have been burned and then you feel something that's even remotely close to fire, you... Your body thinks that it's in danger and it's actually not. So that's a real thing. But sometimes it's not that. And sometimes it really is like this person is
1: not aligning with me and I'm not in the right relationship
0: and I need to remove myself from this relationship. And I just couldn't figure that out. It took a while. And so I started to ask questions again because the things that had happened in early in the beginning that didn't align with me that were deal breakers for me that were he was dishonest about, um, I started to kind of like re- resurface and ask these questions again because something just didn't feel right. And I remember praying, I think it was the last week that we dated and I sat with God and I just put out my hands and I said, okay, God, I have so much anxiety and I just need you to reveal to me and give me wisdom. And I really felt like in my spirit that the things that were had happened pri- like prior were still happening and that there was dishonesty. And so I confronted him and I said, you know, hey, I feel like the Lord put this on my heart and he completely denied it and made me feel like I misheard from God. And I thought, well, okay, you know, he's a pastor. So, again, it's like there's no way that someone's going to lie about something like that. I mean, if someone feels like God's putting something on their heart, that's a very dangerous place to say, well, God didn't, you know, you're wrong. You got that wrong. And then a couple of days later, a friend asks me for advice and it was like eerily similar to the things that were I was experiencing and, and concerned about. And so I brought it up again and I remember being met with kind of this perspective or this arrogance of like, you know, oh, well, that guy's not a Christian and I am. And, you know, obviously I'm kind of butchering the, the conversation, but essentially it was like he's a different person than I am and has you know different values or no values than what I have and he is not me. And so I was like, okay. And then that night we had had a conversation. He spoke to me again in a condescending tone. That was I think one of the biggest things for me was just the disrespectful way that he talked to me and I had turned down the volume on my phone cuz I was walking past my mom. And I remember realizing I just turned on the volume on my phone so that my family wouldn't hear the way that I was being spoken to. And I think it took that action, like, of doing that to realize that this was not something that I should be in and I needed to reevaluate. And so I said, I was like, I need to reevaluate this situation. And, you know, he was like, okay. And so, you know, I reevaluated and, I again sat and I prayed and I was like, God, just give me wisdom. Like, I don't know what to do. And if I'm missing something here, I need you to just reveal it to me. And so the next morning I was at church and I was worshiping. And this woman who I had briefly kind of known, she really knew nothing about me. Like we didn't have, had never really talked about anything deep. She came up to me and she prayed for me. And she pulled me aside and she said, you know, I know this is weird, but I feel like God gave me this dream um this last week and the dream was and she starts telling me the exact thing that I was concerned about in my relationship and that this was happening in my relationship and revealing this to me saying that she felt like she had a dream from God about it and I just knew and I stepped out of church and I made a phone call to him and I confronted him again and I mean, at this point, I literally can't even count the amount of times in that last year that I had asked this question and I had, you know, brought it up and been met with like, it's just your trauma or your anxiety or stop asking or being made to feel like I'm too much or too anxious and, you know, almost like. Crazy, like crazy I felt I felt crazy like I felt like something was wrong with me because it was like my body was saying something but then this person who I trusted was saying that that wasn't happening so it's like here I am trying to learn how to tap into my intuition this person who I love and who says loves me is also watching me tap into my intuition only then to find out that he is using that against me and he knew that I couldn't tap into my intuition. And so I missed the mark. Like that is what it is. I'm, I missed the mark heavily. And he looked at me and he said, yes, I have been lying to you for the last six months. And I like just lost it. Like I broke up with him. I was crying and That person came out and prayed with me and I remember just thinking and saying to her like there's no way back from this But also feeling really terrified because i'm like am I making the right decision? So out of tune with my body so out of tune with my own intuition that I was so afraid to make the wrong decision and again because I had dated like such bare minimum and only accepted bare minimum because he seemed so great I was like I should want this but also like what if this never comes again. And when I was sitting and I was praying, I was journaling and I journaled about how I was feeling and I there was something particularly that really resonated with me and it was about a bus. And I felt like in my heart just this question of like what am I so afraid of? Like what am I afraid of? And I thought, you know, okay, I'm like on this bus and it's like my ex-boyfriend's bus, quote unquote, hypothetically. And I'm afraid that if I get off the bus and I get and I sit on this bus stop and I get off the bus, that if this bus drives away, that there's never going to be another bus that's going to drive by. And in that moment, I really felt in my spirit, God say to me, how do you know that the bus isn't going the wrong direction? And that for me shifted everything because I realized in that moment, I am so concerned about whether or not there's ever going to be another bus. There's ever going to be another man who will love me like this. And I'm not even concerned about the fact that this could be the wrong man. And, you know, I kind of prior to that had dilly-dallied a little bit. I was, you know, we had had a conversation and I had backtracked and I was kind of like, you know, I don't know if I'm making the right decision. Maybe I, maybe I don't want this. I don't know what to do, you know. And he had told me that his community, there was no way that he could bring me back into his community. And I had found out that somebody who's a youth pastor and one of his good friends had actually known about what was happening and had advised him not to communicate it to me. And I mean, when I tell you I got upset, I got upset. I ended up sending some texts and I was like, you know, I've got, I think the the point for me where it really hit home is the fact that like I have, I have a little boy who has already been through so much and I've guarded for the last eight, nine months prior, never met him and we were integrating him into each other's lives because we were navigating life together <laughs> only to then find out that... While he knows this information, while they know this information, he's still continually building that relationship with my son. And that for me was like the kicker. And so I was met with the response that essentially I had just, the reason that he was encouraged not to tell me these things was because I was too reactive. Let's just sit here with that for a second. A youth pastor told another youth pastor, my ex-boyfriend, not to tell me the truth because I was too reactive.
1: This is the problem within the church. It is not
0: a man's option to withhold information for the sake of whether or not he thinks that a woman can handle it. Women are entitled to Information that could decipher to help them decide whether or not they want to join alongside of you. And you know, everybody has shit. We all have shit, and it deserves to be communicated. And it's just even consideration of another person to be able to share your shit and say, "Hey, this is the shit that I have. This is the shit I'm working through. This is the shit I've been through, and the shit I'm moving away from, or healing from, or working." towards another goal that is going to bring me further away from this. And then you allow and give a woman the option to choose whether or not she wants to walk with you through that shit. And honestly, eight times out of 10, I feel like a woman, all she really wants is transparency. And when she knows what's going on, she probably, if she loves you and cares about you, is going to walk through it with you. But it's when there's mistrust and lying and manipulation and gaslighting that it's, it's unfair. It's, in my opinion, very unjust and it's gross. And so hearing that for me, it was just this massive trigger for me, you know, considering in my past, I had married somebody who withheld, I mean, everything that you could possibly imagine that needed to be shared, he withheld. And I wasn't given the option to decide what I wanted to join alongside at that time. So to be in this situation again with somebody and hear them say, yeah, I withheld this information from you and I've been trying to get engaged to you and trying to like get involved with your son. It's like, it just, everything came crashing down. And I asked him a question. I remember saying like, were you ever going to tell me? thinking surely still giving benefit of the doubt like surely he would have told me eventually and he looked at me dead in the eyes and he said i was never going to tell you i was going to marry you like this and truthfully like that did something to me and it still has done something to me and when i backtracked again it tied into me not trusting my decisions. And, you know, he had rejected that idea and had said, you know, he couldn't bring me back into, into his community. And then I don't know if it's true or not, but he told me basically that, you know, his community was concerned about him. And I don't know, weren't, they weren't fond of me anymore after this. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to remove myself from this and like, this is, we'll just put it to rest. And so over the course of that week though, I was like, here we go, buckling in for this traumatic heartbreak. And I remember just feeling this overwhelming peace. And I will never, ever forget this peace because we talk about the supernatural peace of God. And I think that sometimes I'm looking for that peace, and I don't always get that. And I'm like, God, like just give me your supernatural peace. And I mean, it just I felt like it was dripping off of me the amount of peace that I have. And I was going to this little like market, and I saw this little uh, keychain and it had engraved on it peace and maybe that sounds corny but for me I really felt like God saw me in that moment or it was just like a sign and it's been something that I've carried with me just letting peace be the umpire for my life and that entire relationship like I didn't have peace and now like looking at that situation moving forward I will chase after peace and stay in peace's tent because I will not remove myself from peace ever again in the way that I did
1: in this last relationship and you know we all make mistakes and we make poor choices and in no way
0: am I saying that this podcast is a place to slam people and just highlight people's errors Or even say, oh, the entire relationship was his fault. No, I had not healed fully and carried that into that relationship. And through my flightiness, tried to break up and remove myself. And I should have just removed myself and stayed out. And that caused this like tug of war that just wasn't healthy for either of us. But looking back on this situation and when i kind of like just even briefly touched on my experience the amount of backlash that i got from his community was wild i mean i was getting like nasty texts my name in people's mouths that just saying saying really negative things about me getting dms i was called like a mary magdalene at one point someone said that i was uh attention whore and it's kind of kind of wild when you think about it how as a woman speaking out people are always going to think that there's always going to be those people that think that it's for attention and it's this like heart position of like the audacity of you to call out
1: a man for his deceitful behavior <laughs> It's humorous to me at this point. And I'm going to stand here in this space and
0: be transparent about my experience. And this is my experience. And it shouldn't have happened. The fact that I trusted somebody again with my heart and Was again met with deceit, has done something to me that I still cannot put into words fully. The fact that it was somebody in the church and the way that leadership and the church handled this situation, it did something to me. And the first like two months, it was extremely hard to even sit in church. Like I had a hard time even reading my Bible because I felt so much anger. So much anger. And If I'm being completely honest, like the idea of
1: dating somebody who is involved in the church or a Christian, it's like, I just am really jaded at the moment and afraid because I feel like there are
0: so many men in the church who act a certain type of way, who know what to say, who can say all the right things or, you know, n- hold themselves or others to a certain standard, but then behind closed doors are acting in a complete different way. And then when it's finally revealed, their leadership, their response is like, no comment, or, well, he's he's been good to me, Or, well, he's a good friend of mine, so I'm not going to get involved. And it's like, you know, that's fine, but it's complete bullshit to have people in spaces of leadership acting the way that they are and then continuing to lead without being held accountable to their actions. Because I don't think that's the father's heart.
1: I really don't. And like... The amount of times that we had
0: conversations and I confronted him and was made to feel like I was going literally insane for asking and he lied to me over and over again and continued to repeat these same behaviors is absolutely wild, absolutely wild. And having to sit down with my kid and explain to him where this person went And still having to explain to him that he's not coming back has been one of the most heartbreaking things that I think I've ever gone through. And that's not for me to sit here and say, I want this pity or this sympathy or this attention, but it's like this stuff really happens. And I think we go through in this space, an abusive relationship, you know, for those who have come on and you've shared your story, I've shared my story, and then we think, okay, like, we're exempt from abuse because we've experienced it once, like, it's not going to happen again, because we're going to see it next time, we know what to look out for, but the problem is that you can know the things to look out for, that is the first step, like, if you know red flags, but if you can't listen to your body, then when you look out for those things, you're Heart can be really deceiving sometimes, and so you may have a really difficult time discerning if that's a red flag or if that's just your trauma, if it's that person and their behavior, or if it's just a spiral and a trigger. And it felt like a constant minefield, and I was so irritated with my own trauma. But now I realize that the minefield wasn't my trauma. The minefield was the fact that I was with the wrong person who was behaving in ways that didn't align with me or my values. And that was the minefield. But I didn't know that at the time because I couldn't tune into my body. And I ultimately, like, I had talked to, you know, my mentor and we had this phone call and I told her everything that had happened. and she was like, not surprised at all. And I remember saying, Caroline, why are you not saying anything? Like, why are you not surprised? And she was, you know, I said, how long have you known that this isn't the right person for me? And she said, I've known since the beginning. And I'm like, Caroline, why wouldn't you tell me? Like, what the hell, you know? And she's said to me, you needed to learn how to listen to your body. She said, I knew you were safe. And that for me was just super profound and it still just kind of makes me want to cry because I just fucking love her and like she's amazing and I'm just blown away because it's like she knew that she could have said to me you know oh I don't think this is the right person for you and I definitely would have walked away from it because I really trust Caroline a lot but sometimes it really does take being in a relationship to recognize how to listen to your body and she knew that I was safe. And she told me, you know, if you're going to move to Alabama, I always thought about how I was going to explain to you and try to tell you that this isn't the right person for you if you don't, if you don't get it. She's like, you're getting really close to the point where I'm like, is she going to realize it, you know? And um, as we've been navigating healing in this journey, more, more recently this season, she said to me um, that when she was dating, she was so far removed from her body that when something didn't align with her body, she would just like remove herself from that person, like break up with them or, you know, stop seeing them. And I said, well, Caroline, you can't just walk away from anybody all the time, everybody all the time. Like, what if you make a mistake? And she said, I was willing to make a mistake if it meant learning how to honor my body. And I said, well, have they ever come back like what if it's the right person and she said well if it's the right person then it would they would come back and some have but it it was like in listening to her body she didn't delay the process of some like long relationship with just more uncomfortableness in her body because she listened to herself she honored her feelings her body and she removed herself from that situation and it saved her time And so I started kind of putting that into practice. Okay, starting here with what do I value? Genuinely, what do I value? I value honesty. I value integrity. I value
1: kindness. And if somebody's actions don't align with that, bye. And...
0: There was a period of time where I couldn't do that. And I think that if you're listening to this and you're feeling similar to how I've been feeling or had felt, you know, where you're like, I don't really know how to get out of this cycle. I keep dating these assholes or I can't really seem to find a good guy. I think they're far and few between, to be honest. I still haven't found my good guy either. But I will say that something that I'm really practicing and something that Caroline has recommended to me and also Amy Fiedler if you know her, she's like a relationship coach that was on season four. Um, she talks about, they both talk about values and figuring out your values and deciding and making that decision to yourself to honor your body and honor yourself so that if somebody doesn't align with the, that value that you have, those values, you walk away from it. You just walk away from it. I don't care how cute they are, how tall they are, what kind of career they have. I don't care if they're a pastor. I literally don't care. What I care about and what you should care about is the fact that you have things that you value and you deserve somebody who aligns with you. And Caroline says to me, like, the more that I heal, the more I'm going to attract the right people. And I have healed so fucking much since this last relationship. I mean, damn, in this last year, I feel like I'm almost a completely different person sometimes. And Some people are like, oh no, she's falling away from Christ, or oh my gosh, she's backsliding. No, I'm actually just deciding that I'm not going to be squashed by men anymore. And I'm going to get up from the table and stand on top of the table and dance or scream or whatever, say shit. And if you ask me to sit down, I'm not going to sit down because I am tired of men in the church who behave in ways that doesn't align with God. And then when they hurt women, we're supposed to just sit back and be quiet and not tarnish someone's reputation or not say what actually happened and for what? Like these experiences are very real. And like I was taken advantage of like my trauma was taken advantage of. And that's just what it is. Should I have been more aligned with myself to be able to walk away from this situation sooner?
1: Yeah, that's on me. That was my bad. However, it is, this should not be happening. And it
0: it continues to happen day in and day out. This is why women are so afraid to date churchmen. And it it has to stop. And the only way that it's going to stop is if we have these conversations, as I'm doing right now. And I'm saying to you, like, if you are a believer, if you are somebody who loves God, it isn't enough for somebody to just say, I am a Christian. Like, I would honestly rather be with somebody who is honest and kind and empathetic and integral than be with somebody who goes to church every single Sunday, is a Christian, who is a missionary, who's like serving every single week in their ministry or, I don't know, leads a group or something, but then is not even upholding these values. And I think like we don't talk about that enough. I know for me growing up, it was always just kind of like, oh, you know, they need to love God or do they go to church? But it's like there's so many things deeper than even that. I mean, yes, God, that is important to me. Like I want somebody who loves God, but I'm saying there's, there's so many things that we're not teaching like young women too early on and integrity, honesty, kindness, empathy to be humble that humility like these things are important and we're not talking about them enough and like caroline she's (laughs) i keep talking about caroline she said something to me though that was so beautiful and i think it just pertains to like people listening to this here will find it as a treasure just as i have she said to me listen to people the first time that they say it to you like the first time that someone shows you something listen to it the first time that someone says something to you that doesn't align with you, like listen to it. Stop trying to change people. Stop trying to wait it out. Stop trying to like fix them because the more that you heal, the more that you become more aligned with yourself, the more that you're going to attract people who are attracted to that healing, who are attracted to that alignment that you have and that's something like I didn't know. And that relationship, like I do think that it needed to happen. And while I'm still navigating the anger that I feel from what I've experienced in that relationship, like I'm recognizing like the healing that I still have moving forward to be the healthiest partner for my future spouse. But also I'm learning how to listen to my body. And it took not listening to my body again for me to realize like my body does speak and that anxiety that I was feeling was because of him. Like that was the relationship because as soon as I got out, like I haven't needed, I don't even feel like I need the anxiety medication anymore. Like I get anxious here and there, but I mean the primary anxiety was that relationship. And now that I'm out of it, I mean it was like a a siren. My soul was sirening me and it does that and it will do that for you. And It's just, like, a big – my heart's, like, stance on this is, like, learning to tap into your body is so vital. And, like, it makes me emotional because, like, there's that – like, I wrestled so much the last year behind closed doors, so much with my mentors because I could not figure out what was going on because I could not shake the anxiety and doubt, but on paper, everything looked perfect. And if you're feeling that way, I would rather make a mistake and remove myself and then know that I still stayed aligned with myself and joined in friendship with myself than to abandon my own heart, my own spirit, my own soul for the sake of somebody else. And at the end of the day, like, honoring myself, like that's beautiful, that's so vital. And we have no business dating until we can learn how to listen to our bodies. We just don't. Because chances are you're gonna end up in something with somebody like I did, where I felt like I was going mad because I couldn't figure out why my body was feeling the way that it was. And gaslighting my own self, to be honest. And finding out everything like I did it has completely crushed me like it but God's peace like overtook that like overwhelmed that and silenced out all of that like anxiety that I was feeling and I share all of this because just because you had one abusive relationship doesn't mean you're not going to have another one and I, mean, I think there's a difference between abuse and then unhealthy. I think there – I mean, abuse is unhealthy, but something can be unhealthy while also still being safe and still having someone who, you know, I'm not – I don't really fully – I haven't figured out my experience with him and his character and who he is. And to be honest, it's still confusing to me because there's so many people who back him up that – with my experience that I experienced, like, if it weren't for in the last – um couple of months like I've had multiple girls within his church who've come out and who have communicated things to me um, that has just only further confirmed more dishonesty that I'm like that confirms my experiences like when they have similar experiences with that individual but I'm still navigating that and still figuring that out but I don't want you to feel embarrassed if you've gone through an abusive relationship and then you go through another relationship that's unhealthy and toxic. There's nothing to be embarrassed of. The only person that should be embarrassed is the person who treated you that way because they're clearly out of alignment with themselves. And the chances of you statistically ending up in another relationship that's unhealthy is high. And that feels scary. And I know that's why a lot of us don't want to date because we're like, don't want to end up in a bad situation again. But if you have, there's absolutely no shame in that. And I need to say that in this space because As much as I'd love to sit here and be like, oh yeah, I've got all of my shit figured out and I'm a podcast host and I mentor women in this space because I have it together. No, I don't. I'm actually learning alongside of you. I need this podcast just as much as you guys do. And this is real. This is vulnerable. This is the raw side of like this podcast where I'm like, hey, the last year has actually been really hard. And I was really confused there for a minute and I stopped airing your guys' stories because I was told that I should stop doing it. And now that I've navigated healing,
1: I'm amazed, absolutely amazed that I missed this. (laughs) Like I'm amazed at myself. I'm like, well, how
0: do you miss that? How do you, how have I missed that? But there's nothing that I can do except for move forward. And now I know what I know and I can apply that in my life and i hope that if you're listening to this that you can remove any shame that you may feel and if you find yourself trapped in that cycle i really want you to ask yourself do i know what i value and am i willing to not abandon what i value for the sake of another person can i recognize that it doesn't matter how attractive they are how tall they are how rich they are, how whatever funny they are, it does not trump the self-love that I have for myself. And I will walk away from something when it doesn't align with me. And I'm willing to make a mistake for the sake of aligning with myself and trusting the process. And if it's meant to be, it will be. Sounds really fucking corny, but it's
1: true. I really do believe that. And learning to listen to what your body says
0: and recognizing that your intuition is not broken. It just it needs to be listened to. Like, it needs to trust. like Just as much as you need to learn how to trust your own intuition, like your intuition needs to learn how to trust you that it's going to be listened to. And that takes practice. That takes... Applying it. That takes being in situations where you have to trust your intuition. So, as much as I'd have wished, like, I would have just met the right person right away and not have gone through any of this, this, like, I would never have learned how to trust my intuition if I wouldn't have been in a situation where my intuition was tested. So, I'm grateful for it. And I can honestly say that. And I can't believe that I'm saying that because I didn't think I would ever be able
1: to say that, to be honest. All of that being said, I'm disappointed in the church right now. I'm disappointed in Christian men. I'm disappointed in the people within that space who have shamed me or talked gossip about me. And women within the church deserve to know
0: your shit. And I don't know why... As men in the church, you think that it's okay to withhold it from women, but it doesn't in any way make you superior to them to think that you have the authority to decide for another person whether or not they can hear the shit because of reactivity. Like, that's wild. And there's just so much I could touch on on this within the church that I could talk for hours, and we're already here for an hour and 23 minutes. But all of that being said, This is my experience and I'm going to leave this in this space because I know that there are so many of you here who have gone through an abusive relationship and then you ended up in another unhealthy relationship where you got your heart broken by deceit and it can feel a little bit like, you can feel ashamed because you're like, shit, like it happened again. What does that say about me? It says that you probably don't know how to listen to your body (laughs) and it's fixable and I want you to know that. Like, it's not a lost cause. It really is fixable. And I'm fixing it as we speak in my life right now. I'm really grateful for you guys in this space. Um, Yeah, if it's resonated with you, I'd love to hear how. Um, I love you guys a lot. And I'm really grateful that you're here in this space. Tune in next week on Thursday. And we'll tap into the next episode and continue on with the rest of the season. Love you guys.